With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Don't, and don't let us win the Big 12 this year. Don't let it. Oh, 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 my, oh, oh, my God. Don't let it happen. Oh, my God. Don't let it happen. Gerald Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, we're back to talk a little bit about some great things Texas Tech, like seeing Joey McGuire really shut the haters up during media day, seeing the Air Raiders ball out dur- during the uh, uh, basketball tournament. Uh, but then also welcome the new Big 12. The 14-team Big 12. and talk a little bit about that. And to talk about all that good stuff, I got the people chant that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jerem? What up, Albie? Um, I am living here on the edge. I just sliced my finger open cooking dinner. So do not doubt how loyal I am to this podcast. Um, instead of going to the emergency room, I'm right here with you talking about tech sports. The only thing that matters. So excited to – a lot has actually kind of happened. A lot has happened. Um, you know, we talk about the summer being so dead. Um, and it's kind of like this this consensus joke of podcasters, bloggers, everybody who follows sports, this, this dead period. It's like that. this is when we come up with the crazy stuff. This is when we start the 99 countdown. We find that one player – back in like 48 who wore the 99 and we highlight them and then we go to 98 we go to 97 (laughs) and you know you see that kind of crazy stuff when it comes to the summer but but we're active this summer man the tbt media days was hyped this year Uh, we got a lot of good stuff to cover yeah i mean it's you know it's let me tell you something i spent some time in dallas uh earlier this week and uh, it's hot down in Texas, y'all. I don't know how y'all doing it, <laughs> okay? I don't know if I just, I don't know if my East Coast, it's me on the East Coast for the last few years made my blood uh, thinner, and maybe I can't just handle the heat anymore, but it's hot. It is hot. It's so hot, man. I had a, I had a for my day job, I had a meeting. We got out at like 8 p.m. I'm like, all right, at least it's going to be cool. No, it's like 95 outside. It's ridiculous. Anyways, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, then you're getting letters in the mail telling you to turn your, put your AC at 80. Like, nah, come on, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, God bless you, Jeremy. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, so kind of going back to the topic real quick. Uh, let's talk about the media day. So, t- so Big 12 media days uh, was in session. It's a 14-team Big 12. Um, and, you know, uh, with this new 14 team big 12, they had a two day media session, right? Half of the league was in one day. The other half was in a second day. Um, and to really talk about it, uh, first of all, I do want to say that for BYU, um, Kalani Satake and, and that team, this is, I mean, for a lot of them, with the exception of, of, uh, Kelvin Slovis was their first time at a media day. Uh, Sataki did not know how to dress. Um, he looked terrible. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Uh, he this looked, is the he looked pretty uh, GQ awful. review pod where we comment on all. Of the let me t- bro. He he looked like he was. He looked like he was getting drafted in 2007 NBA draft <laughs> class. Like that's, that's 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 what he looked like. Uh, but uh, uh, but. Uh, all right, but media, I think the big news on the Texas Tech side for media days, and we were talking about a pre-pod a little bit, but uh, Joe McGuire stuck his chest out. You know, they, a lot of people had comments about, you know, him and, and how why does he feel so confident and does he really think the, 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 the nation is going to find out everything runs through Lubbock and all this other stuff. And, you know, and he didn't back down. He didn't really – it's not like he was like, ah, you know. Uh, he did He did mention that, you know, something stay in the locker room, but he don't, he don't say nothing he doesn't believe 100%. So if he said it, he said it. He, he said, said it, it, he meant it. You know, Jeremy, what did you think about uh, Joe McGuire and and uh, his confidence? First of all, the fit. He – the man could not miss. The, when he woke up and put on that jacket, scarlet red with the pirate – Lining on the inside from HG Thrasher, a local, um, our only local tailor here in Lubbock. Um, I mean, he woke up breathing success. And so when he came to, and I really liked uh, the way that the news press out of Stillwater put it, um, that McGuire is looking to manage his earned expectations. And that's something that he kind of brought up early in, in the press conferences. You know, we have to handle the expectation that a lot of the guys on the roster have never had before. You know, Texas Tech has never had this expectation to be a dark horse for the Big 12 um, in in this era, right? Um, You know, and so he follows it up, you know, got to stay humble, have a really good opportunity to be a really good football team. And so for McGuire, you know, in the locker room, and a lot of people have gone back to that video, right, where he said everything runs through Lubbock, and they brought it up and like, hey, do you think that everything runs through Lubbock? And he said, I think some things are for – some things are for the public. Some things are for the locker room. That was for the locker room. <laughs> but in all essence, you know, McGuire believes that this is a big. Tw- this is a team ready to challenge for the Big Twelve title. Now he never said anything, you know, kind of directly in that in that manner. So just as much as just staying humble where his roster is. But he got a lot of really good questions, and I think he gave a lot of really good answers. You know, absence of Tyree Wilson answering that, the question about like this rotating quarterback room, what that's going to look like. I think that he handled, um, I think he handled the press the best out of anybody that stepped up on that podium. Um, UCF had kind of a good kind of chest bump of like we're here to prove something, but outside of that, I think Coach McGuire really stole the show um, when it came to Big Twelve Media Days. Yeah, I mean, I do. Also, you did bring up a good point about UCF. We'll talk about them a little bit later in the in the uh, episode. But uh, they're confident too. 
they are a confident bunch over there in Central Florida. Um, but I mean, and rightfully so. I, I think that they they actually of the the new teams coming in. They're the team that is currently best positioned to actually make some noise in the Big Twelve in their first year. Um, and they're also and their recruiting's been pretty good as well, right? So even though they're on an island, they're on a pretty good island. I mean, being in Florida, being the only team in Florida, definitely plays to your advantage. But they they kind of showed it and it shined in the Big 12 Media Day for how confident they were. Another school that was pretty confident in Media Days was Texas, right? And the general consensus around Texas, and we didn't just see it in Media Days, we've seen it in the media leading up, is, is that if there was ever a time in the past 14 years that Texas was to win this conference, it has to be this year, yeah. right? Like, and to be honest, I kind of agree. Like, this is like, listen, and we're going to do our season preview in, in, a, in you know, in a few weeks or at about a month's time or what have you and, and talk about this at full length. Um, I'm, this is not to, in my opinion, this is not a very strong conference at the top this year, right? It's not as, as strong as it usually is. The conference is a little bit more open to who is going to actually win it. And for the first time in a long time, Texas is building off of a, a pretty decent season, right? They won eight games last year. It's a de- it was, it was a fairly decent season. It's a season that you can build off and most of the team is coming back. And usually and Texas hasn't had that luxury of both. Usually, if they've had a good season, it's because everybody left, or or they're building off of a bad season. That's how it's been last time. This is the first time in a while that they're building off of a decent season. And everybody's coming back on a in, in a conference where the top is pretty wide open. So the general the consensus, which I agree with, is that for the love of God, if y'all were to ever win the Big Twelve, it's this year. It has to be now. <laughs> it has to be now. You finally you have a quarterback you somewhat trust. You have a, a defense you somewhat trust, right? You did lose your best player last year in Bijan Robinson, but you still have, and actually I would even argue your two best players and your two best run, your two running backs, but you still have a pretty good team overall. Um, and your wide receiving core is probably the best in the conference. So, like, it's got to be this year, right? And, and you kind of saw it in the Big 12 media days. They are also fairly confident. They know the expectations. They know that everybody's saying that, for the love of God, they have to win, and they're they're welcoming that. Yeah, I mean, your only losses for Texas are pretty much Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. But like outside of that, I mean, this is this is an incredibly late talent laden offense for the for the Texas Longhorns. And so the big question for kind of Big Twelve fans as a whole is, you know, what is Steve Sarkisian going to do with that, um, right? Because we've seen him um, challenge. You know, early on in last season, they challenge Alabama up until, you know, Quinn Ewers gets hurt. And then that becomes kind of the meme, but also a really serious question for the rest of the season of like, well, you know, what if he didn't get hurt? Would Texas have had a chance to finish that game out and kind of right the uh, right the wrongs there? But, um, you know, we're looking at this year, they've got Rice. They've got Alabama again, which is going to be a really interesting matchup on September 9th. Um, they will also play Wyoming, so that'll be really fun early in the season for Texas Tech and Texas fans to say how bad did we beat Wyoming is probably going to mean how bad we're going to beat you. Uh, and then, you know, you get into the Big 12, and so they do get to play Houston, BYU. Um, they get to avoid UCF and Cincinnati, um, but their slate is pretty favorable. And so this is like the year for Texas to, and we, I mean, I don't say that ever, but like media has been saying that since the dawn of time that, since they won that championship that like, oh, this year, you know, Texas is going to be, I, I love the work and overwork that media does often for teams like Texas, not just Texas, but teams like Texas, where they go deeper on the depth, the roster, and they go deeper into the analysis and like, well, if you, and they really start to plug, plug and play, how do we make it seem like they're going to win? Um, but this year is like the most 
legitimate year for them because they are so heavy in talent and depth. The question then becomes, you know, is Quinn Ewers that guy and is Steve Sarkisian that guy at, at, at the head coach position? But if they both are, then it's a, it's a, this is a, they can obviously make a challenge for the Big 12 and they can make a real big case for the college football playoffs this year. So Jeremy, we've, we're talking, we talked a little bit about Texas and we are doing our listeners a disservice because we've talked enough about Texas and we haven't slandered them yet. We haven't slandered them yet. And, and so I'm going to, um, and I'm not actually going to slander the football team. Uh, I'm going to slander the fan base. And it's what I, it's, it's one of the things that I really dislike about the Texas Longhorn fan base, um, among a plethora of things to dislike about the Texas Longhorn fan base. But one of the things that I dislike about the Texas Longhorn fan base is they're not really fans of college football. Oh yeah. Right. So, uh, one of the comments that was made by uh, Joey McGuire, shout, shout out to Joey Mack, uh, he said that he believes he has uh, not only the best quarterback room in the conference, but one of the best in the country. And um, if you know, and we actually mentioned it just a, a few weeks ago, where I, I, I made that proclamation that I thought uh, that um, our Baron Morton was the best backup con- quarterback in the conference. And that I'm not so I'm not worried if Tyler Shuck does end up getting hurt or has to go down or we have to bring it back up in. It's not, it doesn't bother mm-hmm. me. Um, and so him making that statement that we have the best quarterback room in the conference is actually one that I, I might agree with. Uh, to be honest, I might actually agree with that. Um, I don't think it's far fetched for him to say that. Uh, it, Texas Longhorn fans just blew it up. They blew it up. They said they just it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. We have, you know, um, the fact that they have Quinn Ewers and they have uh, Archie Manning and, 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 and you know, that to say that is just ridiculous. And I saw a lot of these tweets of, I don't even know who the starting quarterback for Texas Tech is. That is not a flex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, is, that is not a flex that you don't know who other players on other teams in the Big 12 is. And, and, and here's the thing is that's the Texas Longhorn fans. They're not really fans of college football. A lot of them are not really fans of college football. Like, a lot of them are not truly fans of college football. I have friends that are Texas Longhorn fans, and they will we will be in a debate. I remember last year, actually, I was in a, I was in a group chat with a, with a uh, – some some uh, uh, some other guys, and we were talking before the season, and it was a big talk of Xavier Worthy about how he should have a great year in 2022 and how he was going to be a really good receiver and nobody in the Big 12 could touch him. I said, well, that's no. Well, he's not the best receiver in the Big 12. Xavier Hutchinson is. And I, again, was responded with, who is that? I don't know who that is. They didn't know who Xavier Hutchinson was, right? Yeah. <laughs> that tells you that is the state of like they're just not they're not college football no. fans. And I actually do think though I will say, I will say that I think them moving and it's the reason why it's more a natural fit in the SEC. To be honest, I, I know that everybody's mad. They were mad anyway about them leaving. It is a more natural fit in the SEC. In the SEC, you have the Alabamas that everybody knows and the Georgia that everybody knows, the LSU's that everybody knows. And these casual fans that a lot of times are Texas fans are fans of what you see on ESPN on Sports Center, not even ESPN on Sports Center. That Sports Center is actually going to talk about. Sports Center doesn't really talk about Kansas State and Will Howard. Right? Though Will Howard is the best quarterback in the Big 12 currently speaking. They don't talk about uh Will Howard. They don't talk about Tyler Shuck in Texas Tech. They don't talk about Alan Bowman in Oklahoma State. They'll barely talk about Jalen Daniels. They barely they they, they don't talk. I mean Jalen Daniels had an incredible season last year and they were like, "Oh, that's cute." 
little Jalen Daniels at Kansas, and then they moved on, right? John Reese Plumley over at UCF. Like they don't talk about these people, right? So and so for Texas fans that aren't really like us that are going to dig a little bit deeper because our teams aren't the Texas Longhorns or the Oklahoma Sooners, and they're going to actually know all these guys, right? If it just, most Texas Longhorn fans are real surface level, and so I think they're moving to the SEC. That's the reason why I say it's actually a more natural fit because yes, Sports Center has no problems talking about SEC teams. Yeah, they're not going to talk about Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, and Missouri. But Texas doesn't view themselves in that same light, even though they may end up becoming that same light. Uh, they don't view themselves in that same light. They want to be where Georgia and LSU and 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 you know Alabama and Auburn and Florida and and those schools are. So um, and so, but it is something that does bother me about the I don't know who Tyler Shuck is. I don't know who they're. You know who their their quarterback is, and it's because they got beat last year by the third best performing quarterback <laughs> of the team last year. Yeah, sorry to hurt your feelings there, Jeremy. Talking about your boy D. Smith, but uh, that's who they got beat by. So that's why they don't know the starter because our other two better quarterbacks didn't play. But anyways, um, so I'm a, I'm a hop off my soapbox there, but I just it's not the flex. It's not a flex to say you don't know another team's starting quarterback. That's just not a flex. Not a flex. Ignorance is never a mm-hmm. flex. Um, so. So enough of that, Jeremy. Jeremy Gillen, enough of that. Enough of talking about that. Uh, I do want to talk about where Texas Tech thrived, which was round one of the TBT, round run, round one of the basketball tournament. It was in Lubbock, and one of the things is is that uh, they wanted to bring it to Lubbock to show that Texas Tech, or the, the, the people in Lubbock, where, you're, where you live, right, the people in Lubbock can show up and show out and support basketball in that city. This is really a, you know, I know I, we've talked to some people and we know some people that said that this is really a, a trial run. They, want, they would love to have it in TBT in Lubbock every year, but you got to prove it first. And I got to say, Lubbock, y'all proved it. I think round one you proved it. And the Air Raiders got a lot of support there. Uh, their first game against the Purple Hearts. And they beat them boys like they stole something, 83-64. to 64, And honestly, it wasn't even that close. Yeah, I mean, it was cool to see the state. I mean, the arena wasn't, like, crazy packed, but a lot of people showed up. Um, and so For a TBT game? For a TBT game, that's kind of packed. It's pretty packed, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, and all the players kind of mentioned that it was, you know, kind of brought a tear to their eyes because it was like, you know, kind of being back home. And uh, even for Kyler Edwards, like, being able to come back and, and Lubbock and – um, you know, play the game that he loves for the city that he loves for the, the city that they all love. And I think that that was such a special moment and to freaking win. I mean, come on. It, it's easy to talk like how, how fun and special it is when you win. Right. So 83, 64, you pretty much dominate uh, the purple hearts, which again, sad that cause we talked about last time, you know, <laughs> sorry about you. Um, get a better team. Uh, you know, the only, like the only really thing that they dominate you on is, you know, the turnover battle and then, uh, uh, rebounds, but I think overall, um, just absolute domination. And it's such an interesting because last year we were talking earlier, like Davion Warren ends up being kind of the leading producer on the team. And this year, John Robertson, Tariq Owens, Kyler Edwards, Matt Mooney, all double digits, you know, all double digits got the board. Tariq Owens doing the most points, rebounds, just getting out there, being a big hype man. He was shooting threes, he was shooting he shot threes. He no more pressure on this guy. <laughs> Whose man's is this? <laughs> he's the guy with no real head coach to answer to, so he's doing what feels right, and it worked. And so, um, yeah, I mean, this was a really fun team to team to watch, and so it's gonna be exciting to see them. I, I admit, early on, I was kind of like, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. You know, I'm not really expecting too much. 
but are you a pessimist? But now I don't know. <laughs> I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Uh, so I will say you talking about the turnovers. The defense was good. The defense was nice. I was like, man, we're we're back, baby. You know, the defense was there for 17 turnovers from the Purple Hearts. Um, you know, and actually we kept our turnovers limited on ourselves. Uh, Davide was a very it was, and it's fun to see these guys play. Yeah, right. It was fun to see Davide play again doing his thing it was fun to see matt mooney go out play Tariq owens go out and play again john robertson i was telling jeremy beforehand i was like man there's somebody on this team older than me look at that <laughs> i remember j rob 34 people uh, he's him 34 years old yeah uh, uh a little barely older than me but still older than me so um but uh yeah no j rob was out there j rob still looks good too you know how hard that is hey Listen, I was dancing with my daughters the other day. My knee started hurting. Okay, I don't know how he's doing it. <laughs> All right, but no, it's it was a very impressive performance by the Air Raiders, um, and it's it's it definitely I think you you kind of put the rest of the CBT on notice a little bit of, of hey we're we're a pretty good team and then I will say that we talked about it in last week's episode as far as the potential for the Air Raiders to play Austin Zone yeah right that had that Texas Tech Texas battle. On the second round. That's not going to happen. Ain't got nothing to do with us. Has everything to do with Austin Zone. Taking an L round one. Um, Austin Zone did lose to the Enchantment. And I actually said it could happen. I said it could happen. I didn't I didn't predict it to happen. I did think Austin Zone was going to win this win that game. Uh, but then Mick Cabongo and Kerwin Roach were listed as not playing the day before that game. That's it. And that, to me, was a big, uh-oh. That was, that was it. <laughs> Kerwin Roach, actually. Yeah, Kerwin Roach probably would have been the best player on that team, if I had 100%. to guess. Uh, and so, it's you know, that was kind of a big, oh. And then Shondre Jones, who was the leading scorer on the team last year, being on their team, didn't have as much of an impact uh, for Austin Zone. And it, it's kind of like, and I don't know if maybe it'll be a situation where next year there's a little bit more investment into that team. This was their first time here. It was the first time Texas had an alumni group that was part of this tournament. So maybe next year they don't want to necessarily be embarrassed like they were this yeah. time around. Um, because they that was a game that uh, never really felt like they were going to win. Um, and then there was, it was kind of a, it was an away game for them. <laughs> for being honest, right? That was that game happened uh, before the Air Raiders took the court, and so anybody that was in the crowd there wasn't rooting for them. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's interesting to see if there's maybe more an investment for Austin Zone going forward. But uh, definitely did not play well. They got beat by the Enchantment, and the Enchantment who we're going to play next time. And so uh, Evan Gilliard, the second, put up 16 points for the Enchantment, has 16 and four. Uh, Christian Cunningham versus Tariq Owens is going to be a very impressive showdown. Because that boy had 18 rebounds in game one. 18 rebounds. Now, Texas didn't really have, Austin Zone, sorry, didn't really have a, a big boy to contend. Uh, we do. But, you know, Tariq, you have to sound that block a little bit more against Christian Cunningham. He's a big boy. So that's what we have um, in the second round. And uh, I don't know if you want to call out your, the, the team I predicted to win the, the, our side of the bracket, our region, uh, wasn't the Air Raiders. It was Bleed Green. And, and Bleed Green, they, they, they was nice. They were nice in round one. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing surprising there, people. Albert was right; he had the right idea. Um, what, what was another team that we had? Even though you said you talking about in the lab, in the lab won by thirty. The Boheim, Beheim. You, well, I was talking. Yeah, in the lab did a pretty good job. Who the Beheim? The guys who've been winning. Hold on, how do I get back to the scores? Oh, uh, um, uh, Beheim's army or the Syracuse? The Syracuse. Team. Yeah. Yeah, Beheim's army. And they're actually playing that one in Syracuse. They also have that home court advantage there too in that region. Oh, so they haven't played yet. And they play they 
No, they'll play that game uh, on the twenty fourth. Oh, okay, 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 uh, okay. What's that Monday? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I mean, this has been a, it's been an exciting it's been an exciting tournament this year. Um, and uh, you know, I have a lot more ex- like excitement about um, the air raid. You know, the air raid. I have more excite. I have excitement about our guys um, going a lot further with the way that they handled the purple hearts. We didn't really think much about the purple hearts, but coming up against the enchantment now, I think you have a really good chance. But that 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 one on one between Owens and the other guy. Um, that's going to be kind of uh, Gilly, uh, Cunningham, excuse me. That's going to be really must. That's going to be the, uh, the, the um, oh, what am I trying to say? It's going to be must-see basketball, must man. See it's going to be must-see TV. Must see Absolutely. TV. That'll be a fun yeah, matchup. Right. Uh, that'll actually be happening. We're going to publish this on Friday, uh, and that game will be that evening, that Friday. Uh, <clears throat> so that'll be Pretty interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. Hopefully, the air raiders. Last year, we made it to the second round. But also, last year, we barely won round one. Barely won round one. I made it second round, and we lost second round. This time, uh, we were able to win fairly easily. Um, I thought we were going to beat the brakes off of Austin's own to begin with. Um, and so, I still feel confident that we can beat the enchantment. But you never know. This is win or go home. So, uh, <clears throat> show up. Show up to the game. If you're listening to this on Friday, and you're like, oh, man, I didn't realize they're going to be playing that quickly. Yeah, get to the stadium. Get to the stadium now. What are you doing? You're listening to this. It's probably four o'clock Run. in the afternoon. Go, right? go, go now. Just go. Just, just tell your boss. Tell your boss you quit, and then come back on Monday, uh, like like in Seinfeld, and act like an act happened. like nothing happened. Okay, go to USA. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good old Seinfeld. So, um, close that. So, uh, so one thing we talked about it earlier in the media day, but. It is time to talk about Jeremy. There's going to be 14 teams in the Big 12 this year. 14. One season only. There's the only season in the Big 12 history. There will never be a season like this ever again. The four new teams, the the freshman four, uh, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, will all be in the Big 12. And then Texas and Oklahoma will still be in the Big 12 before they leave for the SEC next year in, in 2024. Um Exciting times, and the media day really kicked, the football media days really kicked it off, but very exciting time in the Big 12 to see what is going to happen. Um, when it comes to the freshman four, Jeremy, you know, who are you excited just, and not just talking about football, but just over the landscape, who are you really excited to see in year one of this experiment uh, burst onto the scene? You know, I really think that um, when you're looking at the four new guys, Cincinnati offers a lot of excitement because of just their prowess kind of across the board um, between especially football and basketball, which are kind of the two staples for uh, the Big 12 as a whole. Uh, You can't, you know, for Texas Tech fans, it's like, okay, well, let me talk about their baseball team, which isn't anything to slouch at either. But um, I think Cincinnati offers a lot kind of across the board. I'm really excited to see how BYU adjusts to being in a Power 5 conference. I mean, they do like to schedule Power 5 opponents, but they're not always like extremely successful at that. And so uh, I'm interested to see how um, uh, Sitake, what's his first name? Kalani Sitake. I- I'm interested to see how he adjusts to big tw- like being in a Power 5 conference uh, the entire conference season. Um, so that's going to be a really big win for me. Least excited about Houston, right? We know we're getting there. Um, <laughs> it, the basketball will be – actually, I'm least excited about basketball in general because, like, they're going to be good, and that's going to be really hard. Really yeah, I'm not excited about that. So not excited about <laughs> most of their programs because they're not much to talk about. Really not excited about the basketball program because we know what we're getting. Um, and then when it comes to uh, – 
UCF. UCF is the underdog of the incoming. They're the wild card. They're the wild card, man. And they know it. And they love that. And that's what they've thrived on ever since that the last couple those couple of years, especially when they were like dominating uh, in football and then they claimed their national championship. And ever since then, man, ever since then, it's been everybody's against us. So let's go out and do something about that. Uh, even if they're not performing well, they maintain, they maintain that energy. There is an energy to the, their programs. And that's going to be fun to inject into the Big 12 because now they have like a consistent competition and a consistent. I mean, we've seen them on Twitter, right? They've got this UCF mafia, um, like whatever that is. But like they're ready. They, they, they're they the most active and the most ready to be engaged with Big 12 fan bases, with Big 12 rivalries. Like this is a team that's hungry to be in it. And you can just you can tell. So um, between Cincinnati and UCF, those are two Two of my most exciting. Uh, looking forward to this next of this next uh, sports year. So yeah, UCF's a huge wild card. So of the freshman four, I thought the other three were pretty easy fits, right? Like, it just made too much sense. You're losing Texas, so you bring in Houston. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, BYU, uh, when it comes to just the, fan, the 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 fan base and the fact that they've been able to maintain the independence and and the the, the market that they or the uh, the brand that they bring in, it just made too much sense. Cincinnati, with their recent history, and but like you said, in both football and basketball and baseball for that matter, Cincinnati. And the footprint to bring somebody closer to be that bridge to West Virginia made too much sense. UCF to me was a wild card because they don't fit what the Big 12. They just don't fit the Big 12. What I mean that is not just geographically because they obviously are out on an island. They're in Florida. But they also don't really fit when it comes to like the the, the sports that the Big 12 is known for. right? Like Their basketball program is, is is in the dumps. They don't really have a good basketball history. They don't have a good current basketball program either. Um, their baseball program is kind of up and down. Some years are good, some years are bad. But also, when I say good and bad, I'm also talk, judging by AAC standards, right? Where Houston is usually better at at, at, uh, at baseball, as is BYU. Um, and so, you know, even on, even on the uh, women's basketball side, it, it's, it doesn't really present so, present a, a big challenge there. You know, their their most popular sports are, I would I would argue, are football, of course, and then soccer. Women's soccer and and men's soccer, but we don't really do the men's soccer. So like it's, you know, so it's it's I just it doesn't have a it wasn't a direct fit. It was actually a big reason why, you know, I wasn't clamoring for Memphis, but I understood if Memphis was the team over UCF because Memphis is to me is a, it's just it's a better fit for the Big Twelve. But again, UCF does, and the reason why they were picked was because they bring in more money because their football team is bigger and because their alumni base is massive. Like they their alumni base is huge. Right. Um, I would actually there's an argument. There's an argument that could be made that UCF is the Texas Tech of Florida. Mm, interesting. Right. I think there is a legit argument that can be made. that UCF is the Texas Tech of Florida just because of the large alumni base that they have. Though the fact that you're like, who the hell is UCF? And then you turn and you realize there are five UCF knights around you. Um, right. So th- there's definitely an argument that UCF is the Texas Tech of Florida. And, because, and, and we just talked about the Internet, uh, their, their Internet. uh prowess if you will uh and who else has an internet prowess that won the 2022 uh twitter national championship <laughs> the texas Raiders, baby so <laughs> so yeah no i um so it's it's because they're not a natural fit like the other three are they they present a huge wild card and actually funny enough another wild card was 12 years ago when west virginia came 
they were a wild card and they were one that was somebody that was on an island wasn't a natural fit if you remember some of the some of the uh, um, presidents and chancellors actually wanted us to go after Louisville instead mm-hmm. which was a little bit more of a natural fit um, and then said but West Virginia just it had a, a bigger brand a, a bigger alumni base a bigger fan base brought more money and that was and that was the idea so you 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 surpass the fit for the market and the fan base and the money. Um, and so, and they were a wild card and it was a question of, and they kind of came in, if you remember early on pumping their chest of saying, Hey, yo, you don't, you know, we had Pat White, we had Steve Slayton, we've won big East championships, big 12 are going to do this and dominate. And, and they haven't done so since. Right. And so it's a big question of is UCF being this wild card. You know, I personally, we talked about it recently, as far as UCF, the recruiting has been really well, really done. uh, Recruiting has been good for 2023 and 2024, right? They are in a, unlike West Virginia, they are in a high uh, high school football rich state and rich area, right? So, and and they have something when it comes to, now I'm not saying, you know, but you may not have a lot of players that out there wanting to play Big 12 football over SEC, but you may have some players that are willing to play Big 12 football over ACC. Right now, UCF can maybe not compete with Florida, but maybe can compete with my compete with Miami and Florida State. Right. If I'm a four star prospect and I'm looking at it and saying, what's the difference between the Big 12 and the ACC? I don't really care if I'm playing uh, Cincinnati, West Virginia, or if I'm playing NC State and Wake Forest. Yeah. Like I don't that 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 doesn't matter to me. And so that's what makes UCF a really dangerous, even more of a dangerous wild card than West Virginia was 12 years ago. Um, so, you know, in all sports. Right, uh, uh, in all sports, I think their basketball is going to pick up simply because it has to. You don't really have a choice when you're in the best basketball conference in the country. Um, I think their baseball is going to pick up because it has to. You don't have a choice when you're in the second or third best baseball conference in the country. So, uh, so yeah, so it's UCF is a very interesting one. I'm very interested in them. Uh, you mentioned BYU earlier. BYU is another one that's uh, interesting because unlike UCF, not much changes for them, right? Um, but that's never mattered. It's never mattered, right? Their their recruiting every year is going to be bad. It's going to be rated poorly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will. Right, like every year it's going to be rated poorly. They're going to get a bunch of two stars. You're going to say who? And then every year Kalani Satake and that staff, not just from football but also in basketball and in baseball and all these sports, are, are just going to you know mold them because in every sport BYU knows the type of players they have to bring on and the type of systems they're going to have to do to win games. It's unconventional, and they do it in every sport across the board, and they're still successful across the board regardless. So when I was making fun of Houston a few weeks back for having bad recruiting class, you realize the, I wasn't making fun of BYU. Because they just they just figure it out, <laughs> you know. It, it reminds me of in the 2000s, Texas Tech had bad recruiting classes, and it never mattered. Mike Leach just figured it out. Um, Bob Knight would just figure it out on the basketball side, and so um, and that's kind of where BYU is at. So there, I'm just curious to see if that continues, like you said, now that they're in a Power Five conference, as opposed to maintaining that independent status. Well, I mean, remember BYU um, beat like Baylor last year, and we were like. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Welcome to the Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they'll and they'll never be an overwhelming road game for BYU. No, there will not. No matter where they no. go, they're gonna have a legion of fans there. I remember this was I was in I was at Tech at the time. This was I can't, I'm gonna say it was 2010, 2011. Excuse me. And I went to go to a Tech game in Austin, 
And uh, my friend there, one of my best friends from high school, he was telling me, you know, he was, uh, and this is, I think, his first year in all, at, at, at Texas. He transferred over. It was first year at Texas, and he was like, oh, man, you know, y'all, are, y'all got a big fan base here from Lubbock. I, this is actually, I was like, yeah, you know, hey, respect us. All right, respect us. You know, but he was just saying, y'all got a big fan base over here. Did a lot of Texas Tech fans over here. Um, this is the second biggest road crowd we've seen all year. And I was like, whoa, timeout, second biggest. He was like, yeah, BYU came here and was almost half BYU fans. Mercy. Right, like. Mormons travel. Yeah, like they 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 travel. They're gonna. Well, not just that they travel. More, they're everywhere, right? And so they're everywhere. So when Texas Tech, when, when next year, not probably this year, but next year, when BYU is now making the trip to Lubbock, there are Lubbock, there are Lubbock fan people. There are people in Lubbock that are BYU fans, right? That you may not, you didn't know there were BYU fans. They've been masquerading as Texas Tech fans <laughs> this whole time. Right, and then before you know it, the day we play BYU, oh, BYU like, well, flag is going to pop out. From? Yeah, yeah. Where'd you, that, where'd you get that blue from? You've been wearing red for the last three hundred sixty-five, three hundred sixty-four days. Where'd you get that blue from? Where's this? What is this? Why that you have on your head? Like it's just randomly, and they will come out of the shadows, and so and that's going to be in every city they go to, and so they will always have that there. So they're also a a very interesting one, and then just you know Cincinnati and Houston. Um, the thing about it is, is that I think with Cincinnati, Houston, and we've talked about this and other other stuff, is just because you're in a big city doesn't automatically mean you're going to be successful. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, and it, it just it doesn't automatically mean you're going to be successful. I think Cincinnati, Cincinnati, the reason why they've been successful isn't because they're in Cincinnati; it's because they've had good coaches in football and in basketball and in baseball. They've had good coaching to allow them to be good and allow them to recruit. It's not that they're in Cincinnati. And I think a lot of Houston fans just think, oh, we're in Houston, so therefore because we're in Houston, we're going to be successful. Doesn't matter the fact that our coach has been a mediocre coach for the past few years. Um, it doesn't matter that before Kelvin Sampson got to U of H, that basketball program was awful. Between Hakeem Olajuwon and Kelvin Sampson, the basketball program was awful, right? Like it isn't. It doesn't. It's this idea that oh, none of that matters, and it does. You still need good coaching. You still need good recruiting, because if I'm a four-star recruit in Houston, hey, great, that's fantastic that y'all are in the Big Twelve now, but I can still get like good coaching and now I can just play at Houston when we play all, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would I, I don't have to sacrifice quality coaching or, and, and a quality collegiate career to play in Houston. I can do what every other Texas person that went to an SEC school did when A&M joined and just, you know, play games in Houston later on. So I, I, I just, I'm, I won't be convinced that the Houston Cougars are going to be successful in the big 12 till I see it, or at least until they get a new, at least until they get new coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Yeah. So last before we get out of here, uh, last year Texas and Oklahoma. What do you think about that? Uh, I am upset that we. Well, you know, I'm upset, but I also am glad that we don't get to play Oklahoma this year, uh, unless we somehow meet them in the Big Twelve game, which I don't see that happening on their end. Um, so glad in that one with a win. Also, because we've when is the last time we ever won back to back games against Oklahoma? Never. So let's get out with a win. Uh, I think the storyboard for Texas Tech. And Texas ending the season, regular season with each other is this kismet. It's too obvious. It's too fantastic. Um, and with the way that both of these teams are trending, you know, Texas obviously getting the accolades of being a national brand contender for the college football playoffs, whatever. Uh, but Texas Tech garnering a lot of attention as a dark horse, as like a, you know, heir to be for Big 12 contender uh, as we go into the new Big 12. Um, how could it end? How could the story end any better? And this, this, this reality that um, Texas really isn't, 
you know, even though their AD has said that they're looking at all opportunities to, you know, keep rivalries and have a good time, blah, 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 have made no tangible effort to schedule anything with Texas Tech. And Kirby Hokut saying to the effect of like, you know, hey, our door's always open. Give us a call when you're ready. We're ready to play. But we recognize that you're probably still a little bit sore from losing um, the way you did last year. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, I think if your last time playing Texas may come down to keeping them out of a Big 12 championship and maybe out of a college football playoff, like if you get to take that from Texas, their last year in the Big 12, uh, fantastic. I mean, you know, you can lose and whatever, and it is what it is, but like, I think the storyline for it is too fantastic um, to ignore. So I'm excited, and I'm excited to get them out of here and to be semi-done with Texas fans and their tomfoolery uh, and just kind of get on with our own thing. And I guess also also excited to see truly and in an unbiased way how Texas and Oklahoma acclimate to SEC football, uh, right? Because we've seen A&M step into that 4A first, which was an interesting, which was an interesting move when it happened. Um, but A&M hasn't really amounted to anything in the SEC um, other than kind of a thorn in the side of some teams for a while. You know, how do, how do Oklahoma and Texas adjust in that environment as well? Some SEC athletes think that they have no idea what they're getting into. And they're really excited about Texas and Oklahoma coming over because it's like, you know, great, another team to beat up on. Um, but I, I am excited to see kind of how that pans out for them, for better or worse. You know, if they if they go in and kick asses, then fantastic. It looks like the Big 12 is more legitimate than people thought it was. And if they go in and get mollywopped every season, even better. Because <laughs> it's just it's an affirmation that that was a stupid decision. So it's a win-win for Big yeah. 12 fans. Yeah, you know, it's and so to to your point, I will say this. So the Oklahoma Oklahoma Bedlam is dead. I mean, it's, if it, if you yeah, watching that media day, that that seems to be very kind of volatile a little bit. That that Bedlam is dead. It does seem like there is some uh, er, there's an arena for Texas Tech and the Texas um, game to continue. Uh, looking at the few Texas Tech's future schedules, we're booked up until 2028. So I it seems like the only opening for a game would potentially be in 2029. Texas really hasn't scheduled uh, big boy matchups. They have a uh, um, 2024, they have at Michigan, and then they have a home and away with Ohio State in 25 and 26. After that, uh, sorry, they have a home and away with Michigan in, in 24 and 27, and then home and away with Ohio State in 25 and 26. Other than that, they have really no other big boy matchups. Um, and so they'd be down, they'd be ready to play. Tech, however, we got our non-con set all the way till 2029. So it'll be and even in twenty twenty nine we play Mississippi State twenty thirty we play Arkansas uh, twenty thirty one play Arkansas again like would we have the appetite in twenty nine thirty and thirty one to double up on multiple P fives um, not in the non con ahead of time right like so that's another question of is like sure maybe that's in the, in the wheelhouse um, but are we one are we willing to to change the schedule we already have set doesn't really sound like we're really we're, we're, you know we're willing to go that far just to renew this rivalry. Um, so it's, it may be a while before we play the Texas Longhorns. I will say that game at the end of the year is going to mean a lot. If you remember the last time Texas and Texas A&M played and what that meant, Justin Tucker hitting that field oh, goal, yeah. and that meant everything. That meant everything for the Longhorns fans. Don't let them tell you it didn't. That meant everything that they got the last win in that rivalry up until uh, next year. Um, and this game is going to kind of have that same feeling, at least for Texas Tech fans, right? Texas fans like to act like, um, that that they don't care about about the Red Raiders and what I have learned in the past year, right? 
Um, I've actually always held this belief that tech fans, we care more about the rivalry than, than our Longhorn counterparts. I've always felt that. I've always felt that up until this past yeah. year. I've always felt that up until this past <laughs> year. And what I've noticed is what I've realized it is, is so and I'm going to, and I'm going to write off on this because I don't want to go off on a, on a um, two out far to the left, but I'm a Manchester United fan. I like soccer, but Manchester United fan. Growing up, I didn't give two craps about Manchester City. Didn't care about them. Right, they were the crosstown Manchester rival. They had the Manchester Derby, but United, we would always just beat the hell out of them and call it a day. Right? I loathe Manchester City now. Why? Because they're good, and because now we're taking L's to Manchester City, and so now a team that used to just be a pest, that pesky little rival on the side, is now a big boy in there. And now I can't stand them. Now they're our most hated rival. And I have found out in the past year, Texas Tech is Manchester City. Texas Tech is, we were the pesky little, little, you know, little brother or whatever they want to call it. Never mind you. We were that pest. Yeah. yeah, we were that pest and they just beat us every year for the past decade. And we just go online and they'd be like, ah, you know, silly little Texas Tech until we beat them. And until not only did we beat them, right? Because every other time we've beaten them in the past decade, they were just a really bad team. But no, last year we beat them when they actually had a pretty decent team. And we equaled records. So now there's not even last year. So the last 365 days, Texas fans, for the most part, have just been able to say, well, look at our history. <laughs> not look at last game. Look at the history. Because last game, not only did you lose to Texas Tech, you also, Texas Tech was able to match your record, at the very least, and prove that, well, you know, overall we had a better season, right? That's how that works. And so that is when I realized, oh, no, this is a robbery. Because y'all are annoyed. <laughs> y'all are so annoyed that... They were annoyed that that Joey McGuire said that we had the best quarterback room in the country. They were annoyed that Joey McGuire had the audacity to say everything runs to Lubbock. They were annoyed that people are picking Texas Tech to be dark horses to win the conference, dark horses to potentially go to the college football playoff. They're just annoying the hell out of them. And if Texas Tech wins this game this year, oh, yeah, you know us. You know us. They'll never live it down. I don't care what the record is <laughs> overall. I don't give a crap what the record is overall. They could have beaten us a hundred straight times. We get that last mark. Yeah, that's it, man. Nothing else for matters. years. I don't. You know what's up? If we win this game, I don't want to ever play Texas Longhorns yeah. again. And they have to sit with that. <laughs> like that's that's how I feel, feel about Oklahoma. You were like you were saying you were sad you didn't play them. I'm glad we're not paying them this year because the last time every Oklahoma Sooner fan ever comes up to me, I'm gonna say scoreboard. Oh, but we beat you. I don't give a shit. Scoreboard. What happened the last time we played? Oh, you lost. We lost. Okay. So you have the L. Yeah. <laughs> you have you the have L. the for they Oklahoma when it comes to Oklahoma and Texas Tech, and Oklahoma has a a much like that that um, uh, uh, record is jaded toward the Sooners. They've beaten the hell out of us for a long time, and none of that matters. <laughs> and I just so badly want that same thing to happen against the Texas Longhorns, so badly because I've realized in the past year. That they may act like we're not rivals until we're good. Until we're good. Now they're tweeting about us. Until we're good. Because they never. Because this was never a problem for Baylor. right? Baylor's beat up Texas a few times. They, they never annoyed them this much. TCU never annoyed them this much. Last year, Texas fans have been so wildly annoyed by the Texas Tech Red Raider fan base. And and for another another W. Who, don't, and don't let us win the Big 12 this year. Oh. Don't let it. Oh. 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 Oh, oh, oh my god oh, oh my god don't <laughs> let it happen 
<laughs> oh my god, don't let it happen. Anyways, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Nope, you said it all, man. That's it. <laughs> oh god. Oh, don't let it happen. I promise you. <laughs> I'm probably about as even kill as a Texas Tech fan as they come, but I will show my entire ass if <laughs> if we beat Texas and go to the Big 12 Championship and game in the process. Oh my god. Oh. Oh man. My Texas Longhorn fans and my family and my friends will never hear the end of it from me. Oh, never. Um, so good episode. Every you know, every time we come on here, Jeremy, we're like, man, we we'll only be able to talk for like twenty minutes. And then forty five minutes later. Five minutes like, later, oh. here we are. <laughs> it may just are, be us know. still, but it's we're here. Yeah. You know, people, you know, by 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 forty five minutes of it, people are like, All right, all right, guys, let's wrap they this tuned up. Out, yeah. Um so I'm wrapping it up. I am wrapping it up. Be on the lookout. We'll have more episodes coming in. We are getting we're getting back into the swing of things. July's almost over. Football season's almost here. So uh, be prepared to start hearing our voices a little bit more frequently. Right, a little bit more frequently. So uh, for Jeremy Gillen, the People's Champ, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to Tortillas and Takes Podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.